Welcome back everybody to Brutally Honest Reviews. I'm here today with Rob Justin and our special guest today, Brian Masters, hey. um, independent actor. Um, today, we are gonna review Black Klansman. Um, so Black Klansman is a an, yet another um, racially charged Spike Lee movie. Surprise. Um, so let's, before we give a synopsis, let's give a little bit, I don't wanna ruin any, any spoil any details. Well, we're going to spoil all the details in a second. But well, it's a biography, so it's hard to ruin. It's a biography? This really happened. All right. Well, we're gonna, well <laughs> slow down, sir. Rob, <laughs> <It> thoughts? <did. laughs> Spoilers, it happened. <laughs> I, I thought it was a good movie. You know, I enjoyed it. And, yeah, it's an, it wasn't a slow burn. I mean, you could watch the whole thing and enjoy it from beginning to end. The acting was really good in it. I'm not a huge Spike Lee fan. I don't hate Spike Lee. I've only seen probably one or two of his movies, but I thought this was really good, really well directed by him, and probably my favorite Spike Lee movie. Cool. Yeah. I kind of think I'm with you. Like Spike Lee makes a lot of hit or miss movies for me. They yeah. all tend to be racially charged, and sometimes like I can relate. Sometimes I can't. Obviously, I can't relate to a dude from the '70s being like. We'll get there. But for the most part, though, this movie hit every nail with every actor and every actress just pretty damn well. And it conveyed its message. Its pacing was was great. It had a great pacing, um, even though I kind of didn't know what the fuck was going on for the first entire half, I think. You didn't know what was going on? I didn't, I didn't know the backstory to it. Uh, I didn't, like... So I'm doing this new thing where we go into movies. I don't even look at a trailer anymore. I don't read anything about it. I just like, what's the name? YOLO. Other than the trailer I saw when... You didn't uh, know from Black Klansman or what it was going to be about? <laughs> no, I had an idea, but I really didn't understand, like... <laughs> That's the blockbuster method. Like, you uh, just look at the cover of the VHS and then pick it up for a, a watch. Yeah. Okay, I understood what literally it was going to be about, but not... I guess I didn't know where the story was going to go. See, Justin's blind. It's real sad. <laughs> Dad? <laughs> No, <laughs> you're really close. So close. Whoa. So, I I liked the movie a lot. Um, <laughs> I it reminded me a lot of, of Spike Lee's other my other favorite Spike Lee movie, Do the Right Thing. Um, same like uh, same same message. A little bit different. A little bit different. More more police brutality in this one. I hated that movie though. Do the right, you hated Do the Right Thing. Miss Berman made me watch it in high school, and I hated I, it. I love Miss Berman. I, I, so do I, but I had to lie Shut to her. Miss Berman. At the end of every movie, she's like, oh, did you like that? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you didn't like it? Though? Most of them I didn't like that she shows. But no, I didn't like it. We'll, we'll talk about that later, though, because yeah. I definitely want to like, like, compare this to, to Do the Right Thing a little bit. Um, but this film acted really well, directed really well. Um, I thought that the balance of right and wrong between all the parties in the film um, were done very well in a way to not offend or objectify any particular side of, of, of the real story here. Um, and I think that's, that's, that was real impressive. And then we'll talk about the ending because it's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit uh, extra we're given at the end. And, and I, I know not all people like uh, propaganda, I'll call it, in quotations, because some people might feel it is, some people won't. 
Um, what it Brian, objectively is. <laughs> what do you think? I thought it was a great film. The uh, chemistry between John David Washington and Adam Driver was fantastic. Good balance with uh, comedy and drama at the right tones and parts. And also, when it comes to being a Caucasian and watching a movie about racism, it can make you feel uncomfortable. This one did not make me feel uncomfortable, and it gave a powerful, great message, in yep. my opinion. Awesome. Oh, it made me feel, all right, let's start there. Made me feel wildly uncomfortable because I was probably the only white person in this theater at the time. It was all white people in my theater. Mine too. Oh, I, mine was a mix. It's not that I wish, it just made me feel very much like, I'm gonna get my ass beat the fuck up for existing. For have for crying, for, for racial No, no, I just equality. like, this is gonna go into a much deeper conversation. <laughs> what I'm just saying is that like, I feel like being a white male in 2018 and just being in a room while something's being like, very, I don't know, combative towards old school. I don't know how to word this, other than digging a hole. And I'm not trying to dig a hole. I'm saying like, I love this movie. I love the message. We'll get to the ending, which ruined me. Oh, there was there was one white person. She brought her kids. That was. Uh, I'm conflicted about that one. That's so weird. <laughs> that was very strange. But I don't know. It's just there was like an uncomfortable vibe being in that theater. Yeah. And yeah. maybe just in my theater, my situation, I wasn't alone. I'd never rob or you or anybody. I was just like alone. And I, while I agreed with the message, it's just like, how do you know that everybody knows you're there for the right message? Well, how do they know you're not there for the like, this sounds like my kind of shit. Well, <clears throat> if you're in the back of the theater screaming racial slurs, you're probably there for the wrong reason. I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, well, uh -huh. shocking none of that happened. Yeah. So let's go into the movie. So we start the film. And right away, we're introduced to this character. Um, what is his character name? I forget. John St Ron Stallworth. Oh, of course. Ron Stallworth, yeah. So the character Ron Stallworth we're introduced to, he's just kind of sitting out in the street, and he sees the police the police department in... Which police department? Anyone Colorado Springs? Yep, Colorado Springs. Colorado? Yeah. Not Coronado, Colorado? Coronado. Yeah. Coronado Springs. Is, Colorado. is it really? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, so Colorado Springs Police Force. He goes in. He interviews with the police force. Um, it's not really like a racist exchange, but like it's a very like there's it's a very uncomfortable. There's subtle racism there. Well, there's subtle racism, but like also like it's it's a very real thing that he is the, oh, the yeah. first black police officer. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's kind of like. Are you ready for what is ahead? They're kind of like they're half trying to prepare him, and they're half trying to. Um, I mean, they're really just trying to prepare him. But like, I feel like you're like you can feel the tension, like you yeah. feel the racism, like in the room a little bit. Um, but it's not like it's not like brought out yet. Um, Are we? Is that the scene where they're uh, he's sitting in the chair? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's okay. getting like being interviewed, interviewed and they're yeah, he's being interviewed and they're just like, "What are you gonna do if you're called?" Bleh? I forget words. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we're gonna be stereotypically white and not say any racial slurs on this podcast. Was yeah. That's stereotypical. Yeah. Well, well I I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say the words. But anyway, um, so we learn a lot oh, of colorful so racial white. slurs within the first couple minutes of the movie. A um, couple of new ones for me. Um, <laughs> and we end up, they end up hiring uh, Ron Stallworth. He ends up meeting all the police officers in the force. First he meets kind of the shitty racist police officers. And then they meet, he goes into the narcotics division, which he leads yeah, for him to. 
he meets them all because he's in the mail room, so he really has to deal with everyone on the police force. So they kind of right. stick him on the force, but yeah, not policing really. Yeah, they put him in the evidence room. Yeah, he's, yeah. Did you guys feel like the conflict was like? Do you feel like? There was some kind of like I feel like he got really fed up with the mailroom for like no reason, like real quick. I mean, the, I feel well, like they probably condensed the movie and they just decided not to put like dates so people were knowing how how much time was taking place. Okay. Well, I mean, I think he got fed up with the mailroom so fast because he applied to be on the police force, be out there policing to make a difference. Yeah. And instead, he's just be like, oh, can you get me the file on this? Can you get me the file on that? That's not what he joined up for. He wanted to be out there policing. So that's going to be the one thing with this movie that I didn't like. The only thing about this movie I didn't like is that didn't, that wasn't explained properly. Like, he should have, there should have been a scene, at least, even if he's by himself talking to a friend, like, I I can't stand this. Like, I want to go out and, and, and fight real crime. You know, something like that. Like, I feel like it was kind of like, all right, he's sick of the mailroom. This so. entire movie didn't really set anything up until... It never... It didn't set the, all of the beginning up. You get to the part where he just, like, gets... I'm just going to hit a little bit because there's not that much that happens between these two parts. Um, other than, like, some clerical character building shit. But he, like, finally gets a desk job and he's just like, Ron and, uh... You're the KKK. And it's just like, what the fuck even compelled you to do that? Well, he saw like, an ad I don't in the paper. get anything up. Like, even, so after that, I got everything. Everything else is fine in this movie. It makes sense. It was a He's KKK a cop. He's ad this. in the paper that he wrote. Oh, I know, but what? I, I would look at that and be like, Bruh. He looks at that and goes like, I'm a fuck with him. That's what I, like, I agree. Like, I think that, like, this, this whole, like, I feel like they needed, they should have painted a little they, bit. Yeah. I, I'm complaining a little bit, but, like, yeah. they should have painted a little bit of a picture. Well, like, I think he was trying to flip a coin. a little bit. Because they were going after the possible uh, Black Panther-type person that was just uh, doing a lecture at a college, you know, thing. And I think that's what he was trying to do. Like, don't focus on us. We're not the problem. They're the problem, which they are the problem. Yeah. We find out throughout the movie. And it's like, he's just trying to focus it on the right element to go after, which is the KKK. Yeah. I get you. I just feel like there should have been something there for him, for us to just Maybe the KKK doing in. something bad in, like, a scene or two. Like, kind of, you know. Or, or like, his, like, his, 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 like, I wanted to see it affect him before, like, I wanted to see some, the reason why he was like, all right, I'm going to go join the police force. You know, whether that be, whether that be, like, him coming to grips with uh, being, not doing anything with his life, mm -hmm. if they play that angle, or maybe, like, a, a motivated, you know, okay, the KKK did something to me, or, like, or I, I can't stand this racism anymore, stuff like that. Like, I feel like there's no... He has no motive. There's yeah, no motive obvious motive. motive to why he did what he did, and that's really different than a lot of movies that would take this this movie's position. Yeah. Like if this in, if this was maybe any other director, definitely if Spike Lee was well, it was Spike Lee, if there was any other director, they probably would have played the whole character building and really shorthanded this whole the whole him and Adam Driver building up to what they did. But this movie's just like fuck it, he's a black man in America, like, this is just the right thing to do. And it's like, it's not wrong, I'm morally with that, mm -hmm. yeah. without question, I'm just very confused on, he, the, the, the movie left out the, his, I don't know, 
The motive. The motive's just gone. I'm gonna say one more thing before I, I stop trying to rewrite movies for directors. <laughs> um, we're not trying to rewrite this one. I think it. I think no. This one stands on its own, in my yeah. opinion. But like, this is a little tidbit. How about like how about this? Like, what if they did like a scene where uh, Ron Stallworth was a young a young kid, and maybe he's seeing things about Martin Luther King on on the TV. Actually, that's right, right around the same time, right? Martin Luther King. Was a couple years later, but yeah. But like Just, he could he yeah. could have seen stuff like that, and 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 wanting to get in the police force. And and they could have there could have been like a scene that showed um, the police force opening their ranks to um, other races. To, you know what I mean? Like like it was just we were just given a poster that said um, African Americans are encouraged to enlist in the police force, mm-hmm. but like we never we could have seen a precursor to that. We could have seen why they did this, or or we could have seen at least Ron Stallworth see that they opened up the ranks to it and now this is his chance his opportunity to take action or do something with his life or something like that but but that being said um it's it, it is what it is um we move on we he, he, get, he gets a desk job as um they he wants to go in narcotics and they don't give him narcotics so they give him the desk job and he's answering phones and what is this What's his first his first contact with uh, the KKK? He looks at the newspaper and then he like calls him up to you know just leave a message and get information on him and then they call him back lickety split. Right, right, right. It's uh, it's the first talks to the the Hank Hill looking guy. Hold on, you guys are forgetting the whole part where he's actually enlisted to go to that um that Black Panthers rally. Is that prior? That to does happen before. Yeah, that, was before. Okay. that happens before any of this KKK stuff happens. That was why he was brought into like the. They pull him out the because unit. they want him to be undercover. Yeah. For this, against his will, but they're just like, well, he's a black guy, he'll fit in, whatever. Mike him go. Right. And and then that happens, which strange, strange scenes. Maybe. I did. I didn't. I don't know. I don't. That that whole part. You don't like the 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 black power, white power chant stuff. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. No, I just didn't really understand. I mean, maybe I need to like focal point out my mind a little bit to understand why that seat, like all of that, needed to matter mm. or anything else outside of building the relationship with that girl. If that girl didn't exist, this would have been a completely different movie. Because mm-hmm. he, w- they still wouldn't have had those conversations. It wouldn't have been anything about that. Yeah. And I don't know. I just what's her name? The girl, the girl Patrice. Right? Patrice? Yeah, Patrice. Uh, we're bad people. That's Patrice, I saw it. You saw it? Yeah, yeah you're right. right there. So Patrice is, is uh, the president <laughs> of the... Not of the... It's the president of the... Anyone remember? The president of the Black was? Student Unit at Colorado College. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like you read it off of a Wikipedia article. That's no, weird. no, who would have done that? <laughs> you can't see what I can see. Don't worry about it. Um, so, <laughs> so she works, so she works at this college and she's, you know, anti, anti-racism kind of a, 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 a group where she has a, uh, a speaker come up, which I actually really liked who they had, uh, do this, 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 um, equality speech. And, and I don't remember the actor. They only had him in there for simply just the, the, um, the, uh, motivational speech. 
Played Dr. Drain straight out of Compton, too. Yeah, his name, yeah. Also, I really like the cinematography when they zoomed in at the audience faces to get the emotional overtone of everything. In oh, that, that was scene. weird. Yeah. That was very Spike Lee. Or like, uh, uh, like, uh, like, like, talking heads, literally. Um, like, you know, when talking heads had their music videos, literally just their heads would come on screen. Stuff like that. It also kind of reminded me of that meme with the boy with the trombone. And he has the really serious face when he's sitting with his trombone, and then the superimposed picture of him playing, and then it's like a motivational meme underneath. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Did Bill Paulson or somebody like that, some actor, do one of the Talking Head music videos? He was in like Twister and a bunch of things. He passed away like a year or two ago. You might be right. Yeah, yeah, I think he yeah, put on there. Right. Speak. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't listen to Talking Heads. It's a music video. I didn't watch that shit. So, so. <laughs> The speaker does this really, really strong motivational speech, which Bill I really Paxton. liked. Oh, yeah. So Paxton. Twister. Yeah, he's in Twister. Greatest disaster movie of all time. It was okay. No, it was I, terrible. I loved the part in that movie where <laughs> The Shining was playing the drive-in yeah. theater one. That was cool. Yeah. But back to this movie, anyway. Fuck, did uh, we get to Twister? Bill Paxton. No, no. So, oh, yeah, you're right. It's not important. So, so we're at this speech. Um, Ron Stallworth. I keep want, I keep wanting to say Ron Swanson. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of with you. <laughs> Ron Stallworth is watching. Swanson. He's watching the speech. Um, he's taking it all in. It's you know it's powerful. He's definitely you know it's, it's it's appealing to him, which is another reason why it's like I think that that he he should have had more of a a, a moral reason for joining the police force in the beginning because I feel like it would help the conflict here when he's sitting in the audience and watching this speech. I feel like going back and forth between the speaker and the audience members and Ron Stallworth would have been more powerful if we knew that Ron Stallworth already had like a, like a anti, like a, almost like a, like a moral agenda or like a moral, some kind of a moral crossroads in his head. So like it, it would have played out better for me, I think. I know this is kind of odd to think, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just, you know, a job that he wanted and, it, you know, that there was a little click with it being the first black person, but maybe he just wanted to be the police force. There was no motive, there was no nothing. He found it an interesting job. I mean, there's always the third option. I mean, the only thing that they said was when they asked him why he wanted a job was that he always wanted to be a cop. I mean, they didn't really go into it too much, but... I don't, yeah. I don't think... All right, some of you, some of you here are like, I really like that speech. And like, well, that speech was absolutely lovely until it started to get hyper-violent in its undertone. We're kind of forgetting that it was like, well, uh, Kwame Turi, or Kwame Tur, I forget honestly how to say his name. Kwame. I actually know someone named Kwame. Kwame. Kwame? Q-W-A-M-E. Kwame. Wow. Vastly different from the person I know. (laughs) The person I know is probably kind of... M-I-N-E. He was part of like the Black Panthers. Black Panthers when the Black Panthers were like borderline terroristic. Yeah. Not necessarily unjustly so, but kind of like that's what he was kind of promoting in his speech. Was the man was just like, love yourself, be strong, and then very quickly turned to like, get your guns. And I was like, uh, I'd have a moral objection to that. I don't know if it got. Bit. I don't know if it was more. It felt more self-defense to me with that one. I don't know. His, but the way he carried that is very in the vein that, like, how Black Panther leaders back then, they used to carry their tone in situations like that, yeah. which were very, like, defend yourself, get your guns. But it's, like, it's the same way that, like, gun nuts talk about their guns. They're just yeah. like, 
better safe to have them not using them not have them and have to use them it's like it's I like mean, like that's stuff he was talking like you are use them, right them, i them. mean like the whole the whole during this whole movie there were a lot of scenes where they like superimposed or cross cross cut between each group with their their different you know chanting white power and black power like back to back they kept cross cutting those to show that really nobody's really right they definitely, Spike Lee sure. definitely paid, and maybe maybe it's this is a white thing because I think this, but um, Spike Lee totally, I feel like, still painted African Americans in a more positive light than Caucasians, but I still think it was it was fair it enough it didn't feel like an attack on anyone. It felt like a real strong film, um, and it, it had the same effect that Do the Right Thing had on me the first time I saw that. Well, you're absolutely right. Like This movie carried a tone very much like... I don't want to be like specific when I say this, but it, it was very much like both sides are are fucking stupid. One is arguably worse than the other. You know, the KKK is actually enacting violence. I don't violence. know if it's an argument. <laughs> no, I'm saying some might argue. I'm not saying I argue. Um, I'm, watching it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm team like maybe uh, Team so Jacob. I'm Team Robert Pattinson. Telling me to stand and leave. <laughs> This is usually when I get pissed off because of Evan and podcasts. My watch was like, stand, (laughs) saying stand. It's like, Um, fucking leave. Stand. You're not moving enough today. (laughs) It's like, you put yourself in a weird spot. Dip. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I don't know where to go from there. It's just kind of like, I just don't agree that his message was like the the most powerful it could have been. Yeah. Because it carried that undertone of violence in it. Yeah. Just as I don't agree with anything David Duke ever did because it didn't really have the undertone of violence, at least in this movie, David Duke never did that. Mm. But it's implied. Like, in the KKK's origins, it's implied they are a hyper-violent group. Mm-hmm. So it's... Does anyone here know works. the real David Duke and, like, the story behind this this true story that can kind of shed light on that real quick? Just just before we go back into the story again. I know. No. There's nothing. I never no, had I just, just watched maybe one or two pictures of him. Yeah. And, and that's that's really, I didn't really care to, to read anything about him. And I saw Topher Grace, how, how he talked about him, and he was just trying to embody this character that had no good qualities, just kind of hating on his mind. Yeah. Yeah, that was really it. But this is a true story. Yeah, David Duke's still alive, yeah. I know know that. They played him at the end, so you saw him. You know, and and I remember him. uh, We'll go into that later, because we haven't even introduced him yet. Yeah. But, um... David fucking Duke. So, we meet... (laughs) So, the police force, we go back to the police force... Let's talk about, so we have these different people in the police force. We have the guy who's working with Adam Driver, and, um, okay, so let's talk about this. So he wants to go to narcotics. They won't get him narcotics. They give him this special mission where he goes to this this uh, freedom rally for, for African Americans where he sees the speech, gets kind of a, a little bit of a, 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 kind of a little bit of a idea or, or a, a taste of what is going on. Um, because it seems like he's kind of oblivious, almost. Not, not oblivious, but it kind of seems like he's less charged or, or upset about what's going on than, than the rest of the characters in the movie at first. And it almost feels like he's just waking up and seeing it. Um, so we go back to the police station, and we are introduced to Adam Driver, who's awesome. Um, he was in um, Logan Lucky this year. So good in that movie. Yeah, he is. He was in Silence, which was honestly like painful to watch because I hate <laughs> religious movies. But he was like, 
his performance in that was like, it, it was like, it was incredible. Um, so anyway, we met Adam Driver, and Adam Driver is, what would you call him, an informant or a... He's a detective. Yeah, they're detective. all detectives. Yeah, I think they're all detectives yeah. in, that, in that little force. And we, so we meet him, and we meet the other guy who's kind of like his, his dopey sidekick detective, um, who is actually Steve Buscemi's brother. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is he really? Up. Yeah. Yeah, look him up. Is his last name Buscemi? Yeah. Look, it is Michael Buscemi. Yeah, it's Jimmy Creek. When you were when you were watching it, huh. did, did you kind of feel like? Yeah, you, you felt like it, right? Yeah, he kind yeah. of yeah. sounded like him, but he didn't look like him. He had the same pacing. His eyes. It was in his oh, eyes. He's got those bulging eyes. Yeah, but he had the same voice pacing. though. Yeah, yeah. Like he had that Buscemi pacing. Yeah, that, that he carries. He's in a lot of movies too. Like if you look up his IMDb, he's in like fifty movies. Really? Jeez. Yeah. You never know either. And you'd think that, like, for like Steve Buscemi would carry his brother into stardom, kind of like the Hemsworth brothers, but I guess not. I don't think Buscemi really loved the stardom that much. No, probably he's not. He's a very humble, quiet man. Yeah, he's in a lot of good movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we meet these two detectives. They are... The, the first initial thing that they do is they, they kind of just they just meet and they talk about what they're going to do next and how do they come to the decision how, I forget how exactly this happens but how do they come to the decision that they're going to try to um, infiltrate the KKK it's first the phone call right it's yeah, it's first the phone call, then he uses his real name, which is kind of a problem. And they can, first thing Adam Driver says is, you used your real name, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. And so then, so, so then, that's where we hatch the plan, where they send Adam Driver in to meet with the KKK to basically be the in-person white Hawaii. <laughs> I have never laughed harder at a family guy rip off in my life. Yeah. Every time he says white, he's just like white. And it, I can't even do it. Cool. cool. Yeah, it's it's known that that's how white southerners talk. Leonardo DiCaprio did that in Django Unchained. Yeah. White cake. Django Unchained was so tough. Oh, fuck this. White cake. So, so, about all the racially charged movies where white dudes get yelled at. Great movie. So White Ron Star, right Ron, yeah. White Ron Stallworth is Adam Driver. He sent in to meet with the KKK to infiltrate and try to, I guess, spy on them and stop any, you know, stopping things that they're doing kind of happens later in the movie. They're kind of just working as informants, as detectives. Um, so they go in. Black Ron Stallworth, um, which is played by, what's his character's name? Washington? David John, John Washington, I think. David John Washington? Yeah. 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 Denzel um, Washington's son. So he... Really? Yep. He's not in a lot of movies, but he's the lead no. in, in Ballers. Um, uh, not the Rock. lead, but... He's not the lead? He's probably the third most important character in it. Who does he play? He plays... Well, now he's a retired football player, which he actually played in the NFL for a little bit. He's the guy with the beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks nothing like him in this, in this movie. It's like, the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he actually played in the NFL, too. Like He was a pretty good college football player playing the NFL for oh. like three or four years. Huh. Played in NFL Europe and then retired and became an actor. Huh. Interesting. Same as Terry Crews. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Terry Crews is the shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, <laughs> so we send they send them in, and we in, we're introduced to the KKK, which obviously they're gonna paint them as idiots, <laughs> at least a little bit. Um, I they 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 they, they, they one guy. A, they walked a fine line. They did a good job. That one guy they portrayed as an idiot, and he was stupid. I know someone who acts just like him, and you know who the it heavy is. Dude? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say it. I'm yeah. not gonna say it, but you know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> so we meet these one shop per episode. Um, what? Oh no, it's not huh? who you're thinking about. Oh no, somebody else. Evan knows. Yeah. Never mind. I mean, I'm thinking of like eight different people, but they all categorize. Are you yeah. from Stoughton, Mass? <laughs> <laughs> you but, might be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about um, playing the KK as stupid people, I think to the core, a hate group hates something within themselves, if it's education or something, and that's why they hate another race. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of them are dumb. They hate themselves for not being smart, so they blame an, another race. And then, you know, because they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're smart and smarter than them, and they see it as an easy escape to be like, it's all their fault when it's, you know, pick yeah. up a book or something. I, that's a, that's that's really how it actually happens, though. Well, it, they it also, really is. It's jealousy, or or it's 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 it's, well, it's ignorance. It's yeah, not it's, knowing. It, you know, yeah, it, it, it's it's ignorance. It's not wanting to know, and it's not knowing. Yeah. Not that like you should have to like know. Not that hey, <laughs> I feel like that's a exactly easy should be there thing to, to begin with. So yeah. out of this core group of KKK, we have uh, the one guy who's an idiot. Well, I'm not sure if we remember his name, the heavy guy. God, no, this, it doesn't even name him. Gollum. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gollum. It's not Gollum. <laughs> oh. um, we, we meet the other guy who's, the who's, who's from Vikings. Um, his name was similar to half, right? You got a whole Vikings. Felix. Felix. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that his guy, name was Felix. That guy that really, he's kind of like the scary Can you say his Jasper? Pakonin. He is no. so European. That's how it's spelled, but that is. I wonder how you pronounce those A's and O's with the. He played really good. With the umlauts. He hasn't done much. Yeah. With the umlauts. It's like Pyaukin. Pakonin. It's Pakonin. Alright. Now we're really, just being racist yeah, towards white people. We're gonna get yeah. Pyaukin. Either he's. I don't know. I don't want to know. What is he? Um, we're here. He's so we meet Felix. Felix is Norwegian. the really kind of off the walls. <laughs> Bad KKK guy. Not that they're not all bad, <laughs> but he seems kind of the, the most intelligent. The bad KKK guy. Well, he's the smartest. One. It's like playing Doom, being like, <laughs> which is insane. The worst demon. <laughs> they're all demons. It's funny because <laughs> at no, first no. they kind of betrayed him as like all losers that just want friends and have all gotten beaten up. Yeah. And then it gets deeper and deeper into it. Mm. But at first they're kind of just all pathetic. Yeah. Until you meet the higher ups. I, I like. I personally like the first guy we meet because he, he reminds me of Hank Hill from uh, King of the Hill. <laughs> oh. oh, he also looked He's not like wrong. <laughs> he also looked like one of the Rhode Island State Troopers and me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This they all had the same stupid fucking haircut and mustache. Even chicken head will fit up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I remember from that movie is when he went goes crazy and what did we do last night? <laughs> that was the only two things. That's one of my favorite movies. Like I always, every now and then, there was like a there was a period of my life, and I'm not I'm ashamed about this. <laughs> the period of my life where at least three times a week I would get Burger King 
come home and put me, myself, and Irene on. Mine was The Hangover, but there was like a period of time where I'd watch The Hangover like three times a week. It was just like such yeah. a dream and a fantasy to live that life. If I had yeah, a dollar yeah. for every time I was called Zach Galifianakis, I couldn't. I wouldn't have to be here. I'd you don't be look anything like I know, but like when that shit came out, every chubby dude with a sort of red beard was Zach Galifianakis. I'm just gonna call you. I don't uh, see it. I don't either. I don't want it. Stupid people. <laughs> You mm, more so in Hangover than any other movie, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I should shut the fuck up. I, mean, I was gonna get meaner with meme it. Meme it. <laughs> Just meme it. Just fuck it. We're here. All right. So <laughs> we're okay. So where, where are we? We 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 we. Uh, we're somewhere. We're at the KKK. We meet. We have Felix, who's the smartest one, um, and then we have. They, they introduce us to David Duke, who is the, the, I guess, the kingpin president of the entire well, KKK. Right? They don't introduce us to him yet, actually. No, but they talk about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Ron starts talking to him almost by accident because he calls asking for his membership card when they grant him. Just so happens to talk to David Duke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like, can see totally face. by accident. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't think David Duke at that time was the head of the KKK. I think he was just the head of the Louisiana chapter or something. Not at the time. Or like that that southern part. Yeah, not at the time. So it's, it's not 100% accurate historically, but David Duke is a real person. Yeah. And he's still alive. Right? He's still alive yeah, today. sadly. Yeah. Even that expression, forever. assholes live forever, I, I swear that's true. Yeah. I don't think he's an asshole. I think he's something much worse. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, dangerous. <laughs> to, to say the least. He's a turd. Well, he was very dangerous. Now he just kind of talks shit. Well, he's still dangerous, but mostly, I mean... The age of the internet, I mean, fuck, people will believe the earth's flat anyway. Yeah. What? People think the earth is flat. I thought that's what it, it was. Is. I thought that's why it had to come <laughs> on paper, pieces of paper. Put a ball on this table right now. It will not roll. The Earth is flat. <laughs> Just for record, I, I know, know the Earth is round. If you jump up in the air, you'll land in the same spot. You won't move. The Try Earth it. is flat. Try it out. Yeah. I hope you're trolling. No, absolutely not. Oh God, you're fucking. <laughs> so somebody get on. this guy a book. <laughs> we move on. They. We have a couple conflicts going back and forth between Ron Stallworth and his new girlfriend Patrice. Um, it kind of they kind of walk the fine line of whether or not she's going to discover that he's a cop or not. Um, that happens multiple times with multiple characters in the movie, where they ask Ron if he's a pig and or or, uh, just, or Adam Driver if he's a pig. This motherfucker just every time he's like, "What'd you call them?" They ain't yeah, he pigs. gets it's just gets like, so I don't like that word. It's like, you're not helping your case here, buddy. That that was a pretty big red flag for me. No, yeah. I'm not a police officer. <sighs> he did. He worded things so proper. That was not helping his case in this era. The, the way they, but the way they crafted the scenes, though, it went real, like, it was, it was, it was, you felt the tension, though. You did, like, mm. you felt like, you didn't know if they were going to figure it out. It wasn't quite as uh, obvious. Like, you were kind of like, oh, shit, like, because we know obviously, but I don't think anybody The Adam Driver knowing the gun types on the wall in one scene, I was like, that to me is a red flag of a pig. Somebody that knows their guns names and knows how to shoot them. I know it's the South, so everybody probably knows guns. Everybody probably owns one, either legal or illegal, but I'm still like, 
He Both. knew his guns really well, the names well, on the wall. He they, said he was he, ex-army. Yeah, they put in, he said he was ex-army yeah. from yeah. the jump. But you Felix know. starts to get the... As we go along, Felix starts to pull, put the strings together. Um, it's because he's so suspicious. Together, but, uh, that... Starts to put it all together, yeah. So suspicious, instantly thinks that he's Jewish. Instantly. Which is so strange that, like... That, that's a fair point I wasn't thinking of, that he comes off so suspicious for really no good reason. He's just so... I'll shoot this motherfucker right now. It's like, why? Mm. Like, w- would you breathe? You yeah. an alcoholic? Oh, he's not an alcoholic. The fat guy is the alcoholic. Yeah. But so I was like, fun. I was trying to figure out why he's so suspicious. And I'm just like... Maybe Felix was trying to push him enough for him to want to call backup. Maybe he was trying to, like, if he was mic'd or whatever, him taunting him that much would have gotten his backup to come busting in. I don't think he's that smart. No. Felix, no. Felix is just... He, I hear your power point. hungry. He just he wants the power. He wants to feel important. Like yeah, the yeah. upper hand. That makes sense. Yeah. He's got little dick big truck complex. Exactly. That's what he <laughs> inside hates about himself, is that he wants to be the leader, and, and, and no one's going to let him be the leader. Napoleon complex. Also, exactly, his wife yeah. sucks. What sucks? His wife sucks. Oh, his it wife. Sounds like she does suck. So she was, <laughs> she was a high point in this movie for me. She was great in this yeah. movie. I'm just saying, like, she played the character so well, but the character just sucked. Oh yeah. Like she, yeah. she was just an annoying wife. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not like she sucked at. The character wasn't badly written or anything. I'm just saying, like, no, the character was like very typecasted. Yeah. Into a like a '70s housewife. Yeah. It was very, uh, it was a word misogynistic. Heavy. The whole fucking movie's misogynistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, just the way, the way. But that's the, the uh, undertone of like the worser things that are going on in it. Or, or, or maybe that's not the right word. I'm, I'm talking about the way the KKK, like the way all of the men acted in the KKK were expl- like they were it's, it wasn't just like it wasn't just racism it was definitely also sexism oh yeah white yeah. man yeah so white, it was like elitist yeah. like it was painting them as they should be painted it, it is that they were they're not it was wasn't just that they hated african americans and and jews it was also the fact that they just thought that that white males were were the superior to every other race and gender they think and it everything. they think it biologically that's the worst part yeah is they think biologically they're better than jews and they're better than blacks and they're better than everything and it's just like how could that possibly be yeah yeah I don't know. I mean, yes, it's the 70s, and, and, you know, knowledge was not foregoing into a device like this where I can go, it's racism bad, Google. Fuck. It answers. It's answered. <laughs> not my point. It actually almost answered. That would have been real interesting. But but when it comes <laughs> to the, I, I don't know my years in history that well, but their grandfathers would have been probably around for some of, like, the transitioning with certain things on... No, they'd have been around for some of the transitioning. The grandfathers, that's what I mean. They, no, they, like, these people, these characters would have been alive during the transitions of schools. In this time, segregation schools were still a thing. Oh, like, I'm thinking segregation, even more earlier than that Mississippi when it was even a bigger school deal. segregation till like, mid-2000s. Oh, jeez. Like, the South is still a shithole. <laughs> in many, yes, it's a lovely place, and there are lovely people. But there are many terrible things about it. Lord, still a, lot of, a lot of like this racism. Sh- there's, there's like a lot. There's a lot less. Like obviously, there's a lot less money down in the south. 
Therefore, there's a lot less education and, and, and access to internet and, and access to uh, proper education. Um, there's a lot, it's just a lot of things that like, I'm not saying that the South is stupid. A lot, a lot of people in the South are stupid. A lot of people up here are stupid too, for other reasons. Um, but down in the South, like, they just don't have as much money to work with in terms of the schooling system. There's not a lot to do. It's not very diverse either because it's not like a melting pot of, it's to the greater point of it, like, there's very little jobs. Yeah. All the jobs in the South were coal mining and, and gas and oil and industrial. And then the tech revolution just went like, fuck all that shit. Like we're bringing in desk jobs and IT positions and sales positions. And the South's just like, I want a coal and mine and stuff. And and like, no, that dream has to die. Move them into solar, move them into something else. This is a bigger conversation for today's world too. Yes. Yeah. Even more so today. But then like it was still tech boomy. I mean, not tech, it was just boomy. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, I don't, where does this even take place? This move. It's Colorado, gotta be Colorado, it's yeah. gotta be early eighties yeah. because they got the mics, you know, early eighties, maybe late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it, it literally takes place in I think like yeah. seventy three or seventy nine, seventy three. But it's, it's gotta I, like like you said, I don't I don't know the exact years, but I know like roughly like it is definitely seventies. I mean. No, like seventy nine. Yeah, it's just it's, it's literally seventy nine to like eighty two. I just feel like their grandfathers probably distilled it, like drilled it in their heads, some of the ways they became. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Still, it still happens now, but like now it's like, like for example, and God bless you, Dad, if you watch this. But for example, my dad, like, <laughs> there's know. a lot of things that my dad thinks that I know. Just being being able to educate myself with the internet, I know he's wrong about. It. But because he grew up when he grew up, he's right in his eyes, always. It's just, it's the same thing. Like everything that's grandfathered in is gonna have to go away by self-education. Well, that's true. Like my father was born in 1939 and well, he's no longer here, but just the fact is like, uh, up until I was like 14 when he passed, it was very much, he was trying so hard not to be that man that was born in 1939, which is a very like angry racist man. And I'm not saying he was, but you know, he carried, he like carried that bigotry from his, his, his families before them. And that, that exists, I think, in most of those people. Uh, granted, he's the age of some of probably all of our viewers' grandparents, but you know, it's like, I understood what that was like to have to pull yourself away from, to, to learn things on your own instead of listening to your parents and following them. And I kind of feel bad for anybody that just blindly follows what their parents say. It's like, how could they have done everything right? They don't. If you're, we're 27, 26 to 28. We don't even know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. We're just kind of like moving. If we were dads, we'd be spewing <laughs> shit too. Yeah. I don't know really where I go with that. Just, just raise your kids better than you were raised. Yeah. Don't be, don't be racist and then, and then have a kid. <laughs> that's, that's the moral. Just don't have kids. Just don't have kids. It's so simple. Yeah. The economy can't handle that shit. So, so, so I grew up and steal my job or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so we keep we keep going in the in the movie. We keep going back and forth between uh, between Zimmerman, which is Adam Driver's character, uh, the white one, Ron Flip, Flip, as you will. Flip randomly. So we keep going back and forth between interactions with him and the KKK and back to the police station and interactions with the police force. And they are catch wind of something that they were trying to do that's a little bit bigger. And then we meet, we see the uh, the plan is hatched to get some C4, which delivered one of my favorite lines in the movie. 
which is Can I Pet the C4? <laughs> From the big idiot. KKK guy. Yes, I thought he said can I touch it. I wasn't really. I think he said can I can I pet it or can I can I? I'm gonna grant that he it? said that because that'd be way funnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I, I want to believe he said that because he probably did. He he'd, was, a, he'd a lick the C4. He was always yeah. drunk. Yeah, Boy. he was. Or just always dumb, but he was always drunk. <laughs> so we 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 find out the plan. The plan is that the wife is gonna take the C4. And I think originally they're going to bring it to the uh, the event, right? Mm-hmm. They close the event. And the event is canceled. And then so what happens is is the wife actually ends up bringing the C4 over to um, Patrice's, Patrice's house. house. As a plan B. Mm-hmm. Tries to put it in the mailbox. Doesn't fit. Patrice comes home with her friend and, she, and, and um, the fat wife panics. She goes and she... She hooks it up to her own car. No, panic. to uh, Patrice's oh, car. No, she does it to Patrice's yeah. car. She kind of like waddles away. Yeah. <laughs> also, What's... I feel like the wife might have been brainwashed a little bit because there was that one scene earlier on where she's like, do we really have to like, she asked, do we really have to kill him or something on those lines? There was, no, like, no, one... she asked, can we? Oh, oh, I thought it did, was. Did you miss when they're in bed? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was When seeing. they're in bed, she's like wet dreaming it that she gets oh, to kill I thought, yeah, I thought there was one line where she was like, do we have to or something? That no, was on no, her. no, it was not do we have to. She... It was like, please, daddy, can I, can I? Yeah, just let there me was... do something. There, that conversation, though, there was the implication that she did not always think like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's the implication yeah. that she was, she was, her life's dream wasn't really, her life's dream was really to just get married to a white suburban man and have kids and, and live out her days. That, yeah. that was, that's all she wanted. But she met a piece of shit <laughs> and who put false beliefs into her head. The truest of And shit. Yeah. thus turning her into a, another racist. Um, I, I, I mean, no, nah, she's a terrorist. Well, she's both. She's yeah, a domestic terrorist. Yeah. Same, same, I mean, she becomes a terrorist. But she's uh, a I'm going to use the language I really wish like we would use. If you're going to bomb somebody, you're a fucking terrorist. You're, yeah, you're... No, it doesn't matter if you're domestic or foreign. Like, that's terrorism. I think if you're... If you're 79 a, or now, it's terrorism. If you are a racist who is openly racist, you are a terrorist. Because you're still terrorizing people. Yeah, that's a blurred line. Yeah. Your, your thoughts don't make you a terrorist. Your actions make you a terrorist. What I'm saying is... What like, about like, Charles Manson? We could have this conversation. <laughs> I, like Manson's a not go down. Well, Manson, he never killed anybody. I thought he was just his words that got that other people. That is why this is a strange a conversation. No, he's yeah. Don't go down that rabbit hole. He, okay, we're not gonna. He, he's not a terrorist, but like, fuck him. He deserves to die in prison. Well, he's he dead did. now, but yeah. yeah. Oh, is he already dead? Yeah. yeah. Died, like, I don't remember. Year, I, think. I don't pay. He does not show up in my Google News feed. Sorry. TMZ. Sorry. I, I don't even listen to that shit. <laughs> so so. <laughs> I, I jumped over like probably not that much to be honest. We're pretty we're pretty close to. to There's a lot of the middle that's filler, and it's okay that we're here. There is one one part that we did jump over, which is the actual KKK meet with David Duke, where we have the whole. Oh yeah. You, oh, that's a great scene. Where Ron plays his bodyguard. Yep. Yeah. Ron play. Black Ron plays. Has to. Be David Duke's he's bodyguard. A, yeah, he's I forgot there's a black Ron Ron. Yeah. <laughs> we never find out though whether it was a police thing that they sent it. Like, I don't think it was a police thing. I think it was legitimately that they. Tr- How the fuck did they end up with with him as the bodyguard? 
Like who? I think the chief just is kind of yeah. The chief just assigned them to him because he's been a, not a pain in the ass to them, but he's been pushing a lot of things. So they're just like, oh, we have nobody else. You're gonna be his bodyguard just to give just give him a hard time. They thought not it'd be racist, funny. I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think yeah. they did it to just kind of be like. Yeah, they thought it'd be funny. Do. They wanted him to fuck up the investigation. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, later on in the story, you find out that whole thing kind of gets thrown away. Huh? The chief kind of just... Elaborate? He's like, oh, good job on the investigation. I'll destroy everything. So... Because the KKK is too high up in the government. There's too many government officials. So when they were discovering all that stuff, they wanted all the information destroyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which I thought was funny when... When, uh, in the theater, when, like, he's, when Ron Stallworth is sitting at his desk, and he's looking over the, 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 the report, and he just, he shreds it, rips it once and throws it in the trash, and I wish Richard Taylor destroyed, no one will ever be <laughs> Yup. <laughs> um, it was the 70s, so probably was destroyed. Yeah. Well... He gave it a good old college try. That whole scene was very interesting and uncomfortable. Let's jump. So let's jump back to that scene. Not that scene, but the in the church, though. The scene. Yeah, the that, that's the scene. I mean, that was uncomfortable. That's a major scene. So, so like to explain explain that scene a little bit. Well, I mean, not really to explain it, but we have Black Ron Stallworth, who ends up having to be the bodyguard for David Duke, <laughs> the leader at the time of the KKK. Um, and then we have White Ron Stallworth, who is there as a undercover KKK member, under pretending to be the real one. Pretending Ron to be the Stallworth. real Ron Stallworth. Whereas the the bodyguard, he's just he's what does he give his name? Does he give a real no, name? No, I don't name? think so. So he's just he's just the bodyguard. Yeah. Um, we we they have they have um, Ron Stallworth leave the room when they do their proceedings or whatever the heck you want to call it crazy racist being baptized into the kkk yeah the ritual or technically flip is the uh he's a clansman yeah technically technically yeah he was knighted technically was i don't know the right words not racist (laughs) (laughs) but he was he was he was robed up he was knighted yeah he's robed and then they then they have that last supper and and Felix Felix is like I'm gonna figure I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna figure this out we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make sure that this this ends the way I want so they go try to they go try to bomb Patrice um, they, he sends his wife his wife's a, a fat idiot and she ends up getting tackled by uh, Ron Stallworth who comes down trying to stop the bomb from getting to Patrice um, and the cops stop him in a scene where it's reminded me of 2018 where it's like cops versus that was kind of the point black people. yeah i don't know if it was the point because it was always kind of the point not just no, now, that was just always relevant the, that was always the point that scene was very frustrating as a viewer to just be like so made me so mad why it did its fucking well, job he kept, yeah he kept on saying he's like i'm a cop and like get on the floor and just but like that's but like even that like you can't what I was thinking in my head when that scene started, I was like, of course they're going to do this because this yeah. is what's going on now. But also, like, you have to realize that, like, this is this was going then. on in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. This was, this was the only reason I'm a strong believer that police brutality has always happened. And the only reason we're seeing it now is because we have cameras. Mm-hmm. 
it's always documented. I also think like so many presidents wouldn't have been presidents if they had Facebooks and computers. JFK never would have been elected. Oh, so, I would. I would truly mm. like to believe that, but our president is Trump. Trump. Oh, uh, I didn't think about. Oh yeah, geez. he's the most vocal oh, fucking yeah. thing on the planet when it comes to Twitter. What? Delete your Twitter, everybody. Just delete it. It's toxic. I know somebody who didn't get Facebook till they were 22. Yeah. Yeah, that is like unbelievable. They're a sociopath. Anyway. No, they were trying to become a cop, which they are now one. I don't he, know if they were so shitty that they had to hide their shit. No, they just had no Facebook, so they, you know the police wouldn't just look at every little thing and scrutinize. And I mean, if I was hiring a cop, be like, you have no social media. Do you have friends? What's your motive? <laughs> <laughs> What I what Reasons I did like, what I did like a lot about this movie, though, is is there were a lot of times in this movie, and uh, what's his name, Spike Lee, does a lot of this with his films. If you notice, he'll do a lot of things. He'll do things where he'll create little, small, mini scenes that are almost like vignettes within the story that fit within the story, but stand alone as like as as social or political messages. So like, what, what's the example here? Um, there's one scene way early in the movie when Ron Stallworth is reflecting on what he saw in the rally, at the rally, at the, at the uh, African-American rally, and how he's talking about how, I think he mentions Woodrow Wilson, um, that might be a little bit later, but he talks about how... We're at the damn end. He talks about how <laughs> there, there could, or, or, or it's Patrice that talks about how there could never be a president like that or something like that and it's it's totally a vignette talking about trump it's totally oh, yeah. a vignette oh, based yeah. on trump i thought she was you could be right but i thought she was saying like there absolutely could be a president like that the, well, i the thought whole she was point, saying like their fight is to make sure there is never a president like that yes the, the whole point is what i'm trying to be. say like i don't know like the, the actual dialogue in the scene i don't remember but the whole point in that is like I really appreciated that little mini vignette scene. It was kind of like almost like a the more you know kind of moment because it was kind of like, wow, that's deep. And there was also foreshadowing I feel to that scene even earlier when one of the like cops were telling him like David Duke could become president. Wasn't there like that little scene the, 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 and that was foreshadowing even that little scene to yeah. just implying it again about politics. They can be sneaky, they could be racist, they could destroy the infrastructure that we built. Well, that that's, that's yeah. literally what was happening when um, when Ron, the first time Ron spoke to David Duke, was like the reason David Duke was so personable and like quiet about his racism was that he was running for office. Mm-hmm. Or his goals, his future goals were to run for office, so he's trying to clean himself up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's who David Duke was. Like he had his hatred and his racism. They like really backseated it when he wanted to be in politics, knowing like you can't be a forward racist in politics. You can be a hush hush, take my money racist in politics. Mm. And like that's yeah, it's, it's reflective. Yeah, there's a really the, the image of in some ways the image of uh, David Duke leaving initially to go to that rally they have in the church, where they roll out in the motorcade and it literally looks like the fucking White House. Yeah. Totally done on purpose. And totally fucked up. Well, that's how they transported him, too. Was like... Yeah. But it was like a he motorcade. Had, he it, had, like... With the biker f- gangs on the it side. It was like the president. It was creepy. It was like... It was like a... It was Please. one of those images in the movie it that... Was. is ha- like It was haunting. It was definitely uncomfortable because you're like... That, wow, they really find him to be this powerful. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is that powerful that he needs switchbait cars. Yeah. That's... 
I, I liked... And that really validated his, like, him as a person. Not a good way, like, but it validated the fear that he causes. Yeah. And the power that he holds, like, in his name. Yeah. It was just, oh. I loved, I liked, uh, I liked his acting, Topher Grace. Yeah, he was really good on this. Yeah, really, really strong. Like, if you actually go, go back and look at, like, David Duke interviews or, or any kind of David Duke talking, it's very, it's very similar. It's like a very calm, collected, almost, again, like, like really haunting. calm, yeah. Yeah, like, really creepy. Just the fact that, that someone is so well put together and and, and 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 in terms of in terms of like delivering comprehend like, like convince it like to, to these idiots obviously the KKK like can very convincing dialogue to these people to brainwash them I think we're also like forgetting I don't know Hitler is kind of the, the boss of that shit yeah like yeah. old footage of him is deeply unsettling oh, yeah. yeah like there are tons of documentaries you can see about Hitler where like it normalizes him, not in like a positive way, but it normalizes him to show that like no matter how quaint somebody seems, how evil they can be. Yeah. In the same token, like, but he's also a sociopath on heavy drugs. He kind of like he's like this is the right thing to do. David Duke's not. I, he's not the same, of course. He didn't, you know, million murders of people. Yeah. Murder millions of people. Millions murders of people. Her I got gotcha. My favorite debate on Hitler is would you kill baby Hitler? And my favorite answer, and I don't know who said this answer, but I would not kill baby Hitler, but I would let him into art school. And maybe that would have changed his whole path. Fuck that baby. That's kind of an interesting way to look at it because he was, well, oh, shit down the he was a horrible artist. <laughs> if you've seen any of his artwork, it's horrible. But if, uh, if he did get into art school, that was his passion. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so was George Bush's. No, 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 let's just side trail on this a little bit. George Bush choked in a pretzel. He's not <laughs> I literally almost chipped a tooth when you said that. Moving on. So we so we, uh, he snorted chalk for sure. Where where are we? So so we see the fat the fat wife. Um, <laughs> she have a name. She also I she just swear, told her the wife. Um, you know Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. The secretary. She modeled her look and her way she acted from the secretary and oh, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you ever look at that, she's so iconic the same exact way. Yeah. Her I, name's Connie, by the way. Fat Connie. Fat Connie. <laughs> if you if you want to keep the fat no, uh, oh. nomer, it's uh, it's Connie. She, realistically, yeah. though, she was she was so good, and like she was one of my favorite characters. In this. Yeah. She was just so funny. She was just so fucking funny. Like so realistically, like naive to everything going on. Such the 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 ever like pl- like pl- eager to please fat wife from the 70s who just wants the white suburban home What's and, and to have a couple kids and she was just she was just such a like basic and perfect character that she played it, it was so good she'd be perfect for any promo work for fallout like doing like a 70s style commercial before like the bombs go off or like yeah. a 50s commercial yeah that would be cool. I don't think there's a fat person in Fallout. It's no food. No, just like the promo work, no, like I mean when they pre-bomb. have like... <laughs> no, pre-bomb. Like, it is isn't a video games podcast. <laughs> it really could be so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, what was that movie? So, yeah. the movie that they were watching after they were initiated. You oh, know uh, Birth of a Nation. Yeah, Birth of a Nation. Yeah, but I, yeah, I forget it because it's trash. They open but... the movie with Birth of a Nation and they end the movie with... with um, with uh, Ron Stallworth looking in into the church where he's not allowed to watch, she sees them watching Birth of a Nation and sharing and 
and hooting and just going crazy. And, and that's kind. That's of, another haunting scene. I mean, the whole any any footage. It was that a is fucking like, annoying like, scene. Like that's why I was I was bringing that up. I was like, I found that scene annoying because uh, <clears throat> Fat Connie, uh, Connie wouldn't her. Oh, she was so annoying. Mm. Every like she was the loudest of everybody. She was screaming such weird tears of joy. That's mm. why she's so willing to so, do like, anything. Like that would have been uncomfortable had her ability to annoy the ever-loving fuck out of me didn't mm. trump that. But it did. She just annoyed me and I was like, the scene lost its power for me just because of that. I don't know. That scene was super powerful. When they kept cross-cutting between uh, the black power meeting and the white power meeting and we just see um, we just see everybody gathering thing? around while while um, that actor, the older actor at the Black Power meeting, talks about the brutalities that were that were that took place at the birth of a nation, shows the photographs, and then we're cross-cut with the images, actually like the, the video footage of Birth of a Nation as as the KKK watches and cheers it on, and it's just it was a really sad yeah. scene. And he was also talking about some dark stuff, like that stuff haunted me a lot more. Yeah. Just 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 thinking about how somebody like with special needs that was african-american at the time was just so unfairly treated and stuff like that and i'm just like you can't imagine that that was within a hundred you know roughly a hundred years what he was probably talking about yeah at that time what he was talking about was not even it wasn't even 30 years yeah like when we talk about like the martin luther king like that was like that era wasn't that long before this movie. No. Yeah, yeah. I remember like ten years. Like, yeah, it was like sixties, early sixties yeah. was and, uh, Martin Luther King. Kind of nuts. And it was just like, man, was it sixties or were we just being ignorant? No, it was just sixties. Yeah, I don't know. Why I can't remember the time frame of that. Yeah, it was, it was, but yeah, it's like, like you think that's hundreds of years? Like that's not even hundreds of years from right now, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. That's. 65, 70 years Jeez, ago? That's, yeah. people mm. still alive. Yeah, there are people that probably... I mean, nobody's left alive who owes an apology to anybody. <laughs> They're all dead. So let's let's finish this out because I never explained what happens. So, fat lady gets tackled. <laughs> Connie! Cop, After placing it. the bomb on the car, yep. Cops uh, <laughs> Under the gun. pull the... Put your hands up. I don't care if you're a cop, you're black thing. Um, yep. And... At the same time, Felix rolls up with a detonator for the C4, pulls right up next to the Patrice's red car, thinking <laughs> that the C4 is in the mailbox in the house, really in the car next to him. Pulls the trigger, car blows up, and I cry tears of joy. Oh, yeah. Great. Right. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh, talking Honey. about Birth of a Nation, I thought the bomb was going to go off, and that old guy telling the wrenched story he was telling that I felt so bad that actually happened in real life. Those were going to be his last words and last thoughts thinking of that story. And I was like, jeez, they can't. They, to me, that would feel like in, in a whole they didn't win. But if that victory would have been the winning thing if they went to jail and they at mm-hmm. least accomplished that. Spike Lee is too much of a... Of a uh, um, he likes to... He's too much of like a... He, he likes to leave his films open-ended so mm-hmm. you can kind of... I mean, he paints the obvious what's right and wrong. It's obvious yeah. what's right and wrong. But, like, he paints a picture so you can actually think about all of the real things that are going on in life now and life before. Um, and, and, and at the end of the movie, 
We are actually shown footage of protests from black power, white power, the Black Lives Matter movement um, in 2017. And then we see some shots of Trump talking, which I never really realized how fucked up what Trump said was until I heard it in context with that footage. That's the thing that, not what I'm going to say is divisive, but, but Trump, Trump, Trump doing that. Trump. Trump. With, oh, like, yeah. I understood the content, the implications of what he meant when he said it, when he said it, without needing this film for the context, was fucked up. He's never once denounced the Klan. He's never once denounced Nazis. Yeah. Openly, verbatim, strongly. Now, do I necessarily think he's racist? Maybe not so much, because I don't think he is. He's just stupid, <laughs> and he goes money, and he sees money. If the Klan's dumping money in his pocket, he's pro-Klan, but he's quietly bad. So it's like... But yeah, like that's that was so underlooked. Like, how if you're, I don't care what side you're on, how do you not see that him not denouncing what that dude did when he drove the fucking car through people was worse than anything the left was doing? Fuck you. The way he worded that was absolutely disgusting. And it's it, 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 yeah. specifically the quote that he they who worded. So the protests, basically, a bunch of people got run over with cars. Um, a, one one lady even lost her life. She got run over by a car in the protests. Um, yeah, and higher. Trump higher. does his 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 um, nation. His what is it called? The, uh, the state of the nation. Yeah. Uh, state, state of the union. State of the union. State of the union. So. Um, so he does his state of the union in which he addresses what happened at the events. Oh, no, it was just statements after the events. Sorry. Yeah, 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 statements after the event. It's not a state of the union. It um, wasn't that serious. But he's, I mean... What he said was, but I mean the... Yeah. He just came I mean, even... pretty serious. We, we, there were times where, like, I, I would I would cross my fingers that I wouldn't have to go to Boston to work because it would. you never know what protests you'd run into. Yeah. It's been a fun couple years of... Uh, do do we think, and I'm not insanity. saying anything pro-Trump whatsoever, I'm not for Trump, I don't believe anybody without political background should not run for president, be a Democrat, Republican, or whatever. Do you think that Trump is more of a puppet and he just takes a speech and says whatever and it's, it's people behind him? He might not even well, know what, what was, he's saying is wrong, that, and it's still his fault for that, reading that's what something I was trying, without thinking. That's what I was trying to convey was that, like, do I, like, do I, in my heart, think he's a racist? No, I really don't think that. No. But I think that his inability to vocalize what happened was fucked up. He's weak. He's just a bitchy queen. Because he just goes, he, he's more, money is more important to him than any moral stance he could ever take. Mm. He shows that every time he flip-flops on an issue. I'm not trying to go too political, but it's like, I can like him and hate the left. I can hate the left and still like the right. It's like, it doesn't really matter. I'm a very moderate person, but, but he should have owned what he should have owned. He should yeah. speak from the heart from time to time. Every president should do that. And he, but he was one. so oh. scared. Yeah. <laughs> he was just so scared of pissing off so many people. Look, look at every... We see this more and more lately is that all these um, senators getting in office are like, this guy tried to rape five, six-year-old girls, and this guy hates blacks, and this guy doesn't think the Holocaust existed. And these people are being elected. Mm -hmm. Like, they're the people dumping money into his account. So he is team, go fuck kid and go do this and do this weird shit. But he's doing it so quietly. And, like, that's what's disheartening about him is, like, he's so easily paid off to accept that stuff. 
that this wasn't even a shock when he did it. I think he's just cocky. I don't think it's, I think the money is, it's, it's money, 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 but like he has all of the money. It's, this is purely a Napoleon complex. In my opinion, without question, but it's a money game. It's a money grab for him. I don't think so. Like I, to answer your question, like I directly think that he only cares about his reputation and, and, yeah. and what he looks like. He, it's not money yeah, for him anymore. He, he has so much money. It's, it's. I assure it, you, it's not money. If he cared about his reputation, he'd lay off the Burger King <laughs> or McDonald's. No, no. Like he, <laughs> he thinks that he he just thinks that he's like the pinnacle of 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 uh, existence. Well, some backstory to why I know everything he does for money, whether you think he has tons of it or not, is that like his presidency has put his name things with like hotels that are that are Trump hotels. Trump doesn't own; he licenses his name to. Mm. It's kind of like a quiet thing that he does. They've boosted revenue. Um, Mar-a-Lago, which he is a golf course he owns in Florida, has like quadrupled or like 500% plus done money because of him. Why do you think he spent half of the first year of his presidency there? It boosted money. Like he is in it for the money. Yeah. He's just so fucking smooth about it. And he says dumb shit to distract you from like the other things that he's doing. I don't even know how we could have elected him president on those bases because like he he owns too much to be president he can move things around for his pocket like i i don't yeah. see how that was a conflict of interest when we elected him it is but like the thing because is, that was a moral it was never in our hands i don't think this election was ever in our hands and I, i'm not i'm not like a russian conspiracy theorist or anything like that no but they did influence the election through social media that's uh, not, i don't want to go yeah. into that but I, that's what this movie did though it I, sparked these thoughts and it sparked these conversations that it's okay if we disagree on whatever we disagree on or agree on, but we should be able to have a civil conversation about this mm. because there are truths to like what's happening in 2018 and what was happening even in 2016, 2017. Mm. And it's, I don't understand why all this closet racism is back so strongly when we were fighting for so long to get rid of it. Yeah. We were nearly like in the nineties and early two thousands, it was like, it wasn't even a thing. Yeah. It was amazing. And then all of a sudden, we've just re-entered the dark ages, where, like, the hard right is fucking out of their mind racist, and the hard left are like, guard your AKs and get in mom's minivan. It's just like... Well, that that has to do... I, a lot of, speaking about, like, AK-47s and all that stuff, that has to do, I think, a lot with the school systems and all the shootings we have with those type of things going on. We need to, in high schools re-educate people on the on violence and stuff like that with social media and stuff like that people don't think before they do i remember when there was only like seven tv stations and you watch the news and you would realize like you would have to watch the news there wasn't something else you could flip to well the news was also not being paid off by politicians yeah Mm. undoubtedly like do i was fox news always so hard right now i I don't even think fox news like we're in massachusetts our fox news here is not hyper right but it is like it's quietly right i think we've reached a point where there's just too much saturation you can look anywhere for education you look you can look anywhere for media and the problem is you can enforce everything as much as you want in the school systems but if they're not doing it at home you know, there's you can only go so far. That's the problem, and, and and it's just like there's a lot of parents out there that don't give a shit about their kids, and it's proven when you see, for example, kids bringing their goddamn kids, kids bringing their kids. Well, <laughs> not false. Not not false. There are 12 year olds with kids. Um, but 
when parents bring their kids this world. to the theater to see, first of all, to see this movie um, when they're like 12. First of all, bringing your fucking shitty kid into a theater in general, you should already be. Uh, well, backstory: these kids were maybe 12 to 14. It was kind of hard to say. It was a weird setting, but after the movie ended, I kind of like I low key appreciated like mom being like, "This is what like what? too many parents these days shelter their kids from the reality that is reality." Yeah, and it's kind of at first I was jarred to be like, "Why the fuck are their kids next to me?" But then a part of me was just like, "If they weren't shown this." with this honesty, and she's gonna have to have a conversation with them after about it, because they, they live in Massachusetts where, like, there's racism, but it's so closed door racism up here. How many times do you think that conversation is fuck whitey, or, 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 or the reverse? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean, and what, who, like, who? Like, I wonder, like, how, how much racist, like, how many people do you think, because people are stupid, how many people <laughs> go into the Spike Lee movie like that, and they come out of it going white people are bad or, or black people are bad. There are still this people was, that exist. So this was a weird movie where it ended and I kind of, I had the vibe that it was like white people are bad. But it wasn't that vibe because it told me so. It was that vibe because like, god damn, kind of, yeah, sometimes white people are fucking trash. But well, it's because like white people tend to hold most of the power. They have most of the say. I'm not like, I'm not think, like let's hate me because I'm white. And I'm also not like let's hate you because you're black or you're, you're anything. Or let's hate women because they're women. It's just like, but yeah, I, I see your point that you could leave a Spike Lee movie going like "fuck Whitey." I just think like, I, I think and that's dangerous though. They, they, they. I think the movie painted really well that both sides were equally were were, were equally wrong. But I still feel like people are. It, it's it's a problem with people. It's not it's not really a problem with teaching what's right and wrong it's a problem with people in general and, and I've always thought this I, I, I almost went to school for psychology there are dumb people there are, are fucked up people wild it's it's unfortunately there's gonna be people out there who are gonna be shitty people like it's gonna be it's just the way it is dude a man built a rocket to fly himself to the hemisphere to prove the earth was flat People are fucking stupid. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Do you really believe this? <laughs> of course. 100%. Fucking hate this man. Am I right right now? I know I'm not promoting what I said I would, but... If you believe in Trump, I don't think you're necessarily a bad person. If you think the Earth's flat, you need to go back to school, so, open a book. Fucking cat. Stop it. 3.7 GPA. Let's cap I'm off good. this movie, because we're, 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 we're in this. So let's cap off this movie. So after we see the, the grand finale of... The scene we see, we see the grim finale of the arrest. The, uh, the arrest. Um, I guess like that was the undertone of what it was. Was the arrest? It was just more like right. Shit blew up and uh, fuck. It, so Ron, kind of Ron Stallworth, Adam Driver, the whole team is kind of basically heroes around the office at work. Everything seems positive, and then he gets called. Ron Stallworth gets called into the chief's office. They all and they do. Tell the him they're doing budget cuts, and they're basically burying it all under the rug. Yeah. Um, Tells them to destroy. Tells them both to destroy all the documents, and that is all. And then, like I said, we see him tear up the paper at the end. He calls Whatever. David Duke, reveals to him that he's been black the whole time. Yep, that Says, was a funny scene. Are uh, you sure? 
<laughs> because it was like <laughs> he owns that. It was like, so funny. Yeah, that was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, that's the one reason I like. Oh, it would have been so great if they had recordings of that stuff that really happened. Like, like back then they might have had the technology, but it would have probably been too expensive. But if they had real to real of that, I would laugh so hard just so seeing cool. David Duke get his just desserts. Like listening to the real David Duke, and oh man. Oh, he probably didn't. Well, find supposedly, out. um, b- before we started this, I I had read that uh, Ron never ac- in real yeah. life never actually did the white voice. Like he didn't actually. Play to be a white guy. I he didn't just think so. Them. He had not so overtly that this movie was shown, but of course it's a movie. It's gonna have to be a little more funny than not. Uh, oh, he yeah. had a, a very good white voice. Well, I mean that was really just his voice, though. Yeah, I know. But it, was, it was a very good. Is that racist? It was a very good white voice. Please tell me you did that for the character. No, it was kind of just his racist? voice. He's a Washington. <laughs> he can just speak. Um. <laughs> There is, there is something that happens after no, the, 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 mon, the montage. We see the montage of all the, the all the infighting. And then afterwards, we end up with Patrice and Ron Stallworth in the apartment after they call David Duke and embarrass him. And then we realize that, hey, they know where he lives. So yeah. you kind of think that, like, are they going to show up at his doorstep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we hear the knock at the door. And Patrice and and uh, Ron Stallworth both pull out their guns and open the door. That was, that was sick. That shot. That was. I, I just love that. Like he pulled his gun. You're like he's a cop. It's pretty normal. She pulls out her gun. He's just like, damn girl. Well, oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, own it. But that shot though, the hot down the hallway, yeah. like the dolly shot where they put both the actors in the dolly and they were moving towards us. Um, that whole scene, they, they're basically they transport to the window where they see the cross burning outside and we see all that stuff. That was powerful to me because it was kind of like a metaphor. I'm not being like a, a douchey filmmaker here, but like it was a metaphor for that that racism is right at your doorstep. Like, that was the... I think that was the metaphor that they were going for there. Yeah, it's hard to say if that was, a, like... I think it's meant to be taken very metaphorically, but I don't know if that was intentional, the location, or that was just a happenstance of, like, no matter what you do, it lives on. Mm. Like, after all they did, it doesn't matter. That's what I took from it. Kind of. Like, it's like, they took the right steps, but in the end, it's like, are you really going to change their minds? Mm. And I don't know, I kind of took it kind of as, like, a little fuck you to the progress that was being made. Which is very literal. Like we're in 2018, and we're still having conversations about like yeah. all of. We just had a conversation about it, and it's. I don't know. I just took it that way. It was like a very grim ending. Like it wasn't your. They didn't end with kids and be happy. It just ended with like, look at all the progress you made. It's the way it, sh- it shouldn't end. Possibly. Still gonna watch their. Well, it shouldn't have. This shouldn't. is a movie that is continuing today in real life. That's the point. This movie didn't. Yeah. It didn't end. Exactly. It, it just was like this chapter of this one time frame of this one human yeah. in a bigger sea of what is racism in America is over. Mm. Also, uh, who else's theater was dead fucking quiet yeah. on that mine. ending? I was dead quiet most of the movie. And Other that. than the jokes, mine was quiet. Oh yeah, I was dying. No, I mean, I'm talking about the ending. You could hear crickets. Oh yeah. The, the dead ending. I cried. I literally cried. All you could hear was silence and sniffles. Yeah. Of just being like, wow, that was... Powerful, and I saw like the in memory of Heather, and I was just like, and I cried. I was like, oh my god, yeah, like how the fuck is this still happening? Mm. I still like, can't it hurts believe me they right got to use the footage for that. Like, if I, if I was their family member, like, I know it's 
shedding a good light, but I couldn't deal with that being on, on movie theater screens. I feel like they had to have permission. Yeah, but oh, they had to. I don't think Spike Lee would have done it without it, but like, I, I'm... Probably Spike Lee would have done a conversation where how it was going to be shown in a good light, and I probably would have said well, yes if it was a family member of mine. But I, I would have heard, oh man, yeah. But he, yeah, he's. I, and also, he's got to go see the movie. He's probably crying his eyes out every time he's got to watch that ending, and it's like, jeez. Yeah, a Spike. Lee, in my opinion, like I, I consider Spike Lee a genius. I also consider him a little bit of He's a Knicks a... fan. He can't be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I think about Spike Lee. I think he's totally forces race race politics yeah. or race discussion, which isn't always a good thing to like. I feel like I feel like maybe a little bit too much. Like if you look at back as an IMDb, like he's done Malcolm X. He did um, do the right thing. He did that other movie that came out recently. Um, I forget the name. It just came out on Amazon. Another another racially charged film. Um, and then this. And then he also did... Fuck, what else did he do? The point is, he really likes to make powerful movies. Not all the time... Not not well received it all the time. Sometimes there's well, some distasteful things in his films. I can say that like this is the least radical he's ever been. Uh, there was one other movie he did that was not radical at all, and it was so outside of his comfort zone. It's more oh, indie. Sure. I, I know indie. Twenty uh, fifth hour with Edward Norton was totally different from his normal formula. It's about a guy going to jail in twenty four hours. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not always radical, but I mean, when he does do race, this is the least radical he's ever been. Probably. And I mean that in that this movie wasn't a strong answer to anything. It was just kind of a, please talk about it. Yeah. Like, like what we're doing is like, please have a conversation about this because that matters so much more than the, the answer that should be painted on the wall. That's why I respect him, because he's not some piece of shit making a movie called Traffic. Because they can make a movie about trafficking and call it a uh, 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 that movie. So traffic, like, oh, right? an hour talk, of ruining that movie. Talk, Let's do another five. Talk about two ends of a spectrum. You have Spike Lee creating really powerful movies because he actually cares about about uh, about equality, cares about people, and then you have traffic, which is very clearly trying to bank on on people's money. Like, the movie's supposed to be about, about trafficking. Human trafficking. Human, human trafficking. But there's absolutely no... Like, there's, there's, there's very little moral... Or, or there's, like, no actual substance to the entire film until the end where they're like, this is a true story. Hundreds of people are trafficked. Millions of people are trafficked every day. Mm. Like, it's just a, such a fucking cop-out for a paycheck. Yeah, that movie... Alright, we'll get a five minutes. That movie fucking sucked just simply on the fact that you didn't even know it was about trafficking until it was overtly way too late to care at all. That movie could have come out unicorns fucking zebras. By the point of that coming in, I had a care just... Yeah, I don't watch that too. But I just mean... (laughs) I'm just... I'm I'm just thinking of a unizebra now. I was just (laughs) saying that it was equally as important to what this movie was trying to convey. Not, no, what it did convey. Not what it, what it was trying to convey. It was very serious. What it conveyed was unicorns. Fucking easy. Shut up. I was just trying Bad to think of a name bad. that you can call a half half zebra, half human. Like, good boy. 
you remember Goat Boy? <laughs> the the <laughs> scientists thought that it might have been a, a well, straight man in a third world country thought it was a goat half human, and it was just a goat with like a developmental issue or just look <laughs> like a slightly human face. But like we're in like Zambia or something, and they're like, it's a Goat Boy. I just remember no, Jim Brewer played him on Saturday Night Live. Goat Boy? Yeah, Jim Brewer. Oh god. <laughs> played him? He, yeah, yeah, there was like was a goat- a fetus that died like an hour Oh, well there birth. was a goat man or a goat boy on Saturday Night Live back in the 90s. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, people keep thinking that you can make like, crossbreed people. Oh, you probably no. can, but like not through- Not yet. Alright, we're, we're, <laughs> we're done with this one. Yeah. Alright, let's move on. Final thoughts, uh, Rob. In a, in a, a number group. I liked it. I'd probably give it, you know, 7.5 or an 8 out of 10. Is it? Yeah. No, I just mean those your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a pee, I'm assuming. No, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, right off the bat, I think I give this... I, I, I'm giving this a 9, but I'm not giving it a 9 based on like the film. I'm giving it a 9 on the conversations it's sparking. Mm-hmm. And that's... And it's importance in this time frame that it came out in. So, it definitely deserves a 9. Definitely see it. Keep your mind open. Yes. I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, my my opinion on on whether or not this is helping people is is that it's it's definitely a powerful movie, but at the same time, I, I hope people take some of that. I hope some people actually watch the movie and take something from it instead of just letting it be another movie. So with that being said, like I'm gonna give this a fair grade based on the film and and, and not. And not based on what's actively going on every day, just because. But in terms of a movie, the plot was, you know, I mean, this it's real. It's going on now. Um, the storyline was, was really solid. Again, they balanced all of the characters really well. They balanced all of the groups really well to not make it seem too one-sided, even though the Nazis were very dumb. But you know what? Nazis are very dumb. If you think one race is superior, you were very dumb. Sorry. Um, I mean, people thought Wolfenstein was um, a modern day race, like talking about modern day. Wolfenstein's fucking 20 year old game. They didn't want the yeah, last Far Cry to come out because they thought it was making fun of dumb hicks that were in cults. Um, I strongly appreciate the games today are just like, they're just taking their fuck you stand. Uh, I want to talk about cinematography real quick. Yeah. Because I liked, I liked, uh, I liked. There were a lot of cool shots here. Um, there's nothing really quite impressive, but there was just a, a lot of cool shots. For example, the shot where they're panning past all of the KKK members getting initiated, and then they pan back, or well, dolly back. They dolly back the other way, and then they see David Duke go up to the stand and address them. That was a cool shot. Um, and then the shot at the end of the dolly um, into the uh, the burning cross. Uh, I just thought there was, there was a lot of cool little shots that had a lot of impactful emotional meaning. Um, I thought all the um, the portrait shots, basically, I don't know exactly what to call them, but like the shots where Ron would be talking to Flip in the locker room, like just the way that was shot invoked what felt like a real conversation that was being had. It didn't feel like you were watching a movie. It just kind of felt like you were you were watching a conversation. Because it was in like More a locker room. It was like intimate. Right? Yeah, it was. It was like I think it was like pan. It was like down and panned up, and it just kind of showed. It showed perspective. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, did you give it? Did you give it a letter grade? I gave it. Gave, gave it a, a number grade. Number grade too. Okay. You gave it an. Eight, I gave it a nine. He gave it a. I don't know. A taco. Seven point five. Yeah, seven point five. What the fuck? 
Oh, I thought you said seven. But anyway, Black Klansman, see it. Oh, I haven't given my right number, Greg. You suck. Yeah. Um, I give it an 8.8. .8. I thought it was a great film, also in a $15 million budget with all these popcorn flicks, and it making $26 million in like two weeks' time is excellent. Also, one of the big things I want everybody to get out of this movie is the race stuff. If we can just all grow on having the same color blood in that one thing, we can all grow on no racism whatsoever. Cool. Um, so, with that being said, go check out do, uh, do the Right Thing. Go check out Do the Right Thing also, but go check out um, Black Klansman. Um, don't become a Klansman. <laughs> Black or white. Be uh, multi-raced, non-Klansman. Um, Are you saying we should all be multi? No, I'm saying we should be non non race specific, non clansmen. Basically, just be love people. everybody. Don't be an asshole. Everybody's the same. Everybody has good ideas. Everybody can get along. Fuck Trump. Don't vote Trump. <laughs> Fuck Trump one late. more time. <laughs> um, he just divisively drew a line in our audience. If there is a line and, and there are people not listening like to us because they're pro-Trump, they can go fuck themselves. Oh, We're line drew point. harder. No, Eminem already did it. It's fine. Eminem already did it. So, oh boy. Rob, anything to plug today? No, just the podcast. You know, rate, review, five stars on iTunes, all that jazz. Yeah, please check us out. Review us on iTunes. It means a lot. Get us somewhere moving up. Probably not for this, this episode, but you know. Hmm. No, I'm um, kidding. But yeah. Thanks for having me, and five stars, iTunes, YouTube. Thanks. Cool. Um, like. Yeah, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, soon-to-be Spotify, Brutally Honest Reviews on the Brutally Honest Network, and keep stay, keep tuned. Stay tuned, because we are going to have a beer show coming soon, a couple new short films coming out at hoptopfilms.com, and... We're going to probably do some more shit this week. And next week, we're going to try to get out to you Alpha, which is a little-known flick that came out, and Mile 22, which is a Mark Wahlberg pilot that made me very sad. Fucking Wahlberg. <laughs> Wahlberg. Loved it. Anyway, have a good week. <laughs> brutally Honest Reviews. Keep it Brutally Honest. See ya.